So I would like to talk about living ageless and insecurities. Okay. I have my share of insecurities, not anymore, but I have had them. Um, my mom was a single parent because she and my dad just couldn't pull it together. But I know they loved each other. And she had her three girls and her son. But my dad was very good at child support. I think he continued because I was the youngest giving me child support till I was like 21. But he wasn't connected emotionally because of his brokenness as a child. But he he knew money to be a way of making things smooth. So my mom was very good at her job. When she was called to wear that hat as a mother, she wore it well. But she had a fight in her. And I think about it because she was from, let me just say, the Jim Crow era. And it was living in the country, slavery. And as she being the oldest of her, her sisters and brothers, she saw a lot of things. She saw people hanging in trees. She saw men pulled by horses and bodies torn apart. She saw a lot of things. And so as I look over my life, I realized why my mom had become a fighter. She had these things. And for whatever reason, I was the youngest. She felt like she needed to share that with me. And I didn't see why. I said, why you keep telling me all this stuff? But as time went on, I am the family griot. So I do pass on the family histories. And now I see that somehow or another, the elders in the family chose me to pass these stories on. Well, my mom was a strong woman. Let me just say that. And even as a single parent, she kept us in private schools. And I remember when my oldest sister, such a beauty, when she went to this private school, I would, high school, and my second sister, she got a scholarship because she was very good at Latin and she was that thin line between uh, not going well going over the edge falling into oblivion and a genius so she was very good in education very very good spoke latin did a lot of things and so the two of my sisters were now in high school so now i had to come home alone i had a key and all to come home alone and um they were going to school, but I remember I was so excited because my two sisters were catching the bus to school every day and back home. I mean, it was just the greatest. It's so funny how, as being a baby, how you can just get so tickled pink by such little. I remember when before I went to kindergarten, my sisters would go to school and they would bring home sand in their shoes because they were building on the school. And so... 
they would pour the sand out of their shoes so I could play with it. I mean, I was so excited for my sisters and their movement. But when my two sisters started this high school, they were catching buses, like two buses in the morning and two buses in the evening. So this was a big deal for me. And I can recall one day my oldest sister came home and she was sad. And I was like, why are you so sad? And I heard her telling, she didn't tell me, but she told mom um, that because we grew up in government public row housing and my dad was a World War II veteran. My mom was the seamstress. She sold um, military men uniforms in this factory. And I remember she told my mom that when her and about three other girls from our neighborhood was in this school, the other girls decided, hide your pocketbook because the project children are coming. Yeah. And I remember it was really hurtful for my sister. My sister was such a beauty. And in through her own volition, she became a cheerleader. She was tall and pretty. And she was the cheerleader, the head of the cheerleaders. Now, we were very sheltered in private schools so it was a, a natural for her because we didn't really do cheers and all that stuff we didn't we were very protected under the tutelage of the nuns we didn't we weren't able to just be out I mean I could remember dance shows on TV on Saturday we used to hand dance with each other me and my sisters and my mom and stuff like that but not like you know but she made it and this school was a co um co-ed and so the guys that were um football players and basketball players they were I guess in some way in high held my sister in high regard so sometimes on Saturdays, they would come over, these big giants of basketball players and stuff, and they would come over and we would just laugh and joke, me and my mom and them and my sister and stuff. And I realized now, because on Saturdays, we were on a mission. My mom, we, when we woke up, we had chores. We had to mop floors, put on socks, slide on the floors to make them shine. I mean, nobody really knew it was a government row housing apartment if you saw pictures. That's how spotless it was. Baseboards, all that was cleaned on Saturdays. And so they would come over like on Sundays and we would have a good time and and everything. And, and as I, most of these guys were from two-parent two homes. And as I look back now, I realize they were admiring my mother for being so strong and doing what she was doing with these four children in private school, keeping this apartment. She worked at this factory 30 years. She was phenomenal at her job. And I remember when my oldest sister, she um because she was the lead cheerleader. My mom's best friend was a seamstress. So whenever we had functions, like we had May Day and I was in a square dance or a waltz or whatever, she would stay over and she would sew our outfits. 
She loved sewing for us. We were petite. And she had one daughter that was, I would say obese, not morbidly, but she uh, suffered from some form of mental challenges. And so, but they would stay over. She would come over on Friday and so Friday night uh, into the Saturday morning. And, you know, we would be ready for whatever we had to be in. So I remember my sister was going to a winter formal and she chose this beautiful emerald green velvet and white brocade. And it was a jacket and it was a green jacket and a green velvet skirt with the white brocade under it. Very, very pretty. And we were still living in government rural housing and we were on the first floor. And so when we, when Charles, the guy that was taking her, came to pick her up of course we went outside and we was taking pictures my mom and stuff and um well we had this man he used to come when we had family functions and he did view masters I don't know if people even remember what that was but he would take these pictures and put them in a view master and um taking pictures and stuff so when my sister came out one of the neighbors young lady. She had one baby. She decided that she was going to throw urine on my sister. And I remember Charles, that day, he manned up. He pushed my sister out of the way and he took that for her. He did. I saw that. I saw that because they were trying to ruin her night. And this young lady that did that, she had one baby and she was like a teenager. I would say about 16. And she was dating this old man that had to be like maybe in his 50s or something or 40s. And I remember, I know now what it was. I didn't know back then. It would be, I'm not, I don't want to be graphic. It has something to do with a male and a female and a squeaking bed. That's what I knew then. Didn't really know what it was, but I know now. And my mom used to try to keep us occupied because this would go on and on and on. So what I'm saying is she was living upstairs with her mom and grandmother. And this is what she was doing. So when we talk about people insecurities, you know, we can attract people in our lives and we can get real comfortable with them and and feel it's okay to share one of our insecurities. It could be a protruding forehead or maybe like, oh, I have this big forehead like my dad or I have this bulbous nose like my mom or whatever and they tell it to the wrong person and now that person is able to feed on that insecurity and so why I'm saying that is because this young lady had many insecurities but she was determined to ruin my beautiful sister's 
went to formal. She was never going to go. That was a dropout. You know, so, you know, I just sometimes, you know, we think about why me, why me, why not me? Because we grow through these things. And I, I don't know why I'm reflecting on it. I don't know what triggered me thinking about insecurities today. Because maybe something I felt insecure about recently, or just maybe just reflect on that. But I do re recall how my sister's going to this school. It was an elitist school. And how people with their own insecurities were projecting that onto them. My sisters did well. I mean, they stepped into wherever they were going to go in life. But I do feel like my sister did not process why this was happening to her. And as I mature, I see that insecurities are a lot of reasons why people get trapped in situations, circumstances, and with people. Because I do get it that as we mature, the idea of really making new friends is just really off the table. Because it's like, and I'm speaking for myself. I'm just, I've had a lot of experiences in life with a lot of people. And I, I find the one that I'm most comfortable with is myself. I like her. I like myself after all these years. And that's a big thumbs up. Because a lot of people are not able to say that. And if we don't pay attention to the situations, we can stay trapped in those situations for years with people that are insecure. They put this image out on the outside. Because, you know, I, I, I'm just that young lady. I mean, he used to buy her little outfits and stuff like that the old man. So uh, in some way, it was almost like she was making it big. Really? But that was her measure of making it big. But, um, you know, I just, I just would like, uh, because that's where bullying and it's the core of so much insecurity. That's why we have bullies. Because, who want to tell somebody that they still wet the bed every night? But they get up and they go to school and they terrorize the whole classroom. You know, I you know it, it it's it's insecurities. I you know that particular night, that whole weekend was really strange. My sisters went to formal because. The lady, the seamstress, she brought her daughter. And me, her daughter, and, and my sister, we were all, you know what kids do, bounce in the bed and do all the strange stuff. So when it was time to go to bed, this, the daughter, her daughter stayed in the room with me and my sister. And 
I was at the foot of the bed. And I don't know if mistakenly, accidentally, on purpose, I don't know what it was, but her toe went somewhere that was not comfortable for me. And when I tell you that I got up and beat that thing like it was no tomorrow, I beat her. I did not concern myself with, because my mother was a fighter. And I did not realize that some in some way, I had to control that about myself for many years. I felt bad about it after, but I was also being violated. And it didn't take but a second for me to realize something is not right here. My sister was sleeping, but, you know, they just kind of swept it under the rug. I was the baby. I was just just being a baby, and I was cute. So they just kind of let me go back to sleep or whatever. But I can tell you, young lady never came back to the house again. And I think her mom believed what I said. See, that's, that's a very powerful thing that um, the adults, that you can have that trust where you can say things. A lot of kids don't say things and they keep these ugly secrets and secrets kill so i'm just saying about and i knew this young lady was insecure she was deaf as well so there was a lot of things going on that probably she didn't know what what it was but her mom under or overstood what was going on because maybe her mom had seen her acting out and doing things that were inappropriate. It was inappropriate. And it was definitely unacceptable. So what I'm saying is that's how we have to treat people that are insecure. You have to let them know and they have to always have boundaries. That's the only way. You know, I have friendships that's very old friendships that I had to cut off in the last couple of years because it had changed. Some of them, I am reintroducing them to who I am now. I'm not that person I used to be. And they have to be mindful of that. And if I cannot stand in my power and truth and authenticity in a situation... Well, that's not for me. So, in closing, I just wanted to reinforce the importance of identifying a person with insecurities because those insecurities can be projected onto you and you're not even realizing what's happening. And until it's almost too late to stop it, Okay, so I would like to close with saying, my divine salutes your divine. Namaste.